0: Welcome, everyone, to the Ask a CEO Show. Ask a CEO interviews bring us inside the corner office and C-suite for discussions with top executives about their journey to leadership and the reality of running their companies today. Our host, Greg DiMetrio, is the CEO of Lorraine Gregory Communications, an award-winning integrated marketing company. He is also the founder of gregscorneroffice.com, the home of the Ask a CEO interviews.
1: This is the show that brings you into the C suite to find out what executives are really facing in their day to day operation. Today, we have a special guest with us, Andrew Schmertz. He's an uh, entrepreneur who's actually started a, an air service. Uh, he's the co founder and CEO of Hopscotch Air. It's an FAA certified air carrier based in Farmingdale, New York, Westchester County, New York, and Teterboro, New Jersey. Hopscotch is a regional air taxi operator servicing the Northeast and Canada. And prior to creating Hopscotch, Andrew served in senior management positions in the television industry, and he's a former reporter for Business Week, WABC, New York One, and News 12 Long Island. Hopscotch has partened, partnered with premium brands like the New York Islanders, and also Andrew is a certified pilot and he's a member of the New York Bar Association. So that's quite a resume, Andrew. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Greg, it's good to be here. It's an honor, thank you. Well, can you tell us a little bit about the backstory of how you came to start Hopscotch?
2: Well, it began with the concept of turning a hobby into a business. Uh, which is one that I've I've learned should not be the foundation of starting a business because when you have a hobby, in this case, flying airplanes, you know maybe single-digit percentages of what it is to operate an entire business and specifically an airline. Uh, So about 12 years ago now, uh, four of us, there are now two left, Doug Oaken a college friend and myself are the main business partners of the company, but four of us had set out to start uh, Hopscotch Air. And it was started at a time when there was this excitement over the air taxi concept. Hundreds of airplanes would be buzzing the skies, transporting people, regional service in a new form of transportation, and it would explode across the country. Uh, What exploded across the country was a number of bankruptcies and failures, both on the manufacturer side of the aircraft makers and the operator sides. And after 11 years, uh, we are just about the only ones left still standing. Uh, And that's not because I'm not touting myself. It's not because we're smarter than everybody. We've just basically outlasted everybody. It's been a war of attrition, I would say. So that was the kind of genesis of the business. Uh, and we took it from there. And at the time, I was working at WNET, which is the PBS affiliate uh, in New York, uh, and and building a business uh, from, from that group.
1: Well, that's a very interesting, very different segue. I mean, it's, the more CEOs I talk to, the more I find out of these unbelievable segues from one thing to another. And now they're in business and have done a wonderful job. And they started out completely different. So you're, mm-hmm. you're a testament that uh, life does have many facets. That's really it, it,
2: it, really interesting. It, it, it does. And people ask me this question all the time. Uh, you know, Why not start something in the business you were sort of trained in or, or stayed in? And I honestly believe that good CEOs, good managers, their number one attribute uh, is being smart, being adaptive, being know how to recruit people. And you can run anything. Uh, now, I'm not saying I'm smart. I'm not saying I can run anything, but I think that's my general philosophy.
1: I, I, would, add, I would add one to that list, curiosity. one. You have, that's to, a good you have one. to be curious and ask a lot of questions. Lots that's and a lots. a very good one. To open yeah. up your mind to different things. So because your business is a service business and you rely on passengers for revenue, how were you able to continue operating under the lockdown scenario? Or were you? Um, we are in business.
2: we are operating, but we are a regional airline and facing the same difficulties that all of the regionals and frankly all of the main lines, all of aviation, are facing, and business is down you know between eighty five and ninety five percent right now, and we're a seasonal business, so the summer is when Hopscotch makes its money. And we haven't quite hit our normal seasonal stride. That would hit pretty much this month, and we'd accelerate through July, August, September is kind of quiet, and then October the final push. Mm. And we, you know, and our destinations. The problem is, is our destinations are all in lockdowns. People aren't traveling, so you know you can't go to Nantucket easily, uh, Provincetown, Martha's Vineyard. Uh, we're beginning service next month to Block Island. We think Block Island, uh, which is a little bit ahead, Rhode Island's a little bit ahead of the other states in reopening, uh, that could be successful. But this is the current challenge we're facing. I mean, you know, in aviation, any day that ends in Y is a challenge. Uh, this isn't a challenge as much as it's an existential threat uh, to the entire industry.
1: I agree. I, my question was, and you started to answer it, actually is now that the summer's upon us, you think you're gonna be able to salvage at least a portion of the season and have you changed your marketing in any way to try and facilitate that? Uh, yes to both questions. The first question as to how we can salvage any
2: part of the season really depends on whether our customers are gonna fly. We've been uh, polling customers, our frequent customers, who fly 20, 30, 40 times a summer, mm. and they they don't know. There's just not enough visibility. Uh, We are uh, believing that we're going to see a return of some regional travel. We don't know at what level, whether it's 25, 50, maybe 100 percent, not likely 100 percent. But if we can cross over 50 percent, we think that would be uh, sufficient. Uh, Yes, we've changed the marketing to stress the safety precautions that we are implementing. And you start seeing that across the aviation spectrum with the airline marketing. So all planes are sanitized before and after every flight. There's a health questionnaire that we send out to both our crews and to passengers, and and it's about a six-question questionnaire uh, that we ask all passengers, and they must fill it out. Uh, They have to wear masks on board. Uh, We operate small aircraft. Social distancing really is impossible on the airplane, so we take as many other precautions that that we can. And people fly now, and we're we're doing flights, seem pretty comfortable with
1: that. Excellent. Excellent. I mean... How how many flights do you have? I mean, how many aircraft do you have in your stable?
2: Typically, uh, during the normal season and going into the season, we had six. We've had as many as 10. We pulled back a little bit, downsized the company, actually did more flights when we downsized the company. So we typically have six. We have grounded a number of airplanes because airplanes are expensive to operate. There's expensive insurance costs. There's timely maintenance that has to be done. So we made a strategic decision to ground those airplanes. Uh, and we're operating right now with four airplanes in the fleet. Uh, and you know, at the moment, that's that's even too many.
1: You know, the other day I interviewed uh, uh, Kristen Jarnigan from Discover Long Island. And uh, she was very hopeful that we're going to reopen and we're going to have a, a at least a good half of the summer uh, once we get reopened. So let's hope that that's true, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. In terms of revenue, we know that you're taking a disastrous hit, just like many of us, right? We're, we're trying to figure this out. Um, but how else, besides revenue, did uh, you adjust the company in terms of the COVID crisis? What were the, what were the things you changed?
2: Well, we've maintained our staffing levels, and we've been able to do that because of two uh, government programs. We all know the Small Business Administration's Payroll Protection Program. We received funding from that. We were also eligible for the Treasury Department's CARES Act, which provides uh, significantly more money uh, and as to the airlines. And so we were successful in obtaining both of that. Uh, that only, however, pays salaries. That doesn't pay any of your fixed costs beyond salaries, overhead costs. And aviation is a capital-intensive business, as you know. Uh, we need cash from somewhere else. So... We are looking at other solutions. Uh, we don't think we have to implement them just yet. If we get to July and we're still in sort of this situation, we may have to make further cuts yeah. uh, to, to the team and to our overhead costs. And, and we just don't know yet. And, and you know the airline industry is heavily regulated. Uh, you have to employ a certain number of people. You have to employ people in certain positions or you can't operate. Uh, that's the law. So it's it's either employ them or you or you stop lying.
1: Have the regulators been an ally or a hindrance?
2: The FAA has been enormously good during this time. They've uh, reacted faster than anybody has ever seen the FAA act. So, for example. Uh, you know, we have to do check rides, we have to give uh, pilots instruction, we have to do certain drug testing. All of those regulations have been loosened, provided you have a program in place, sort of an alternative method of compliance is what the what the government phrase is, that you can do it yourself. Uh, and so we've been doing that and proving to the FAA that it's just as safe. And, and I'm, I give the FAA enormous credit. They're under enormous stress as well. Uh, to accomplish all of this. So they have been good so far.
1: It's nice to know that the government once in a while gets it right. So that's a a really positive thing for you guys. So many of the CEOs that I talk to are finding different ways to improve their processes and the way they do business and the methodology that they use under the crisis that they're saying, hey, you know what? We didn't do this before. So maybe this is something we should do going forward. Have you run into anything like that in your organization?
2: You know, it's an interesting question. Uh, we don't do flight training, but in the flight training environment, uh, many friends of ours works, work in flight training. Uh, they had never really done virtual courses. Uh, and that was partly the FAA required in classroom courses. The organizations tend to be a little old school, but they've been forced into virtual courses, and that has been very successful. And I think that will outlive the pandemic. Uh, for Hopscotch, unfortunately, you know you have to get on the airplane and fly somewhere, and so that's the main the main business, the only business, and so that you can't really change. What we have changed is our communication to customers. Uh, it's interesting they ask different safety questions before the pandemic they asked how do i know the wing's not going to fall off and the pilot <laughs> is going to drop dead now they don't care about those questions now it's all about covid-19 yes. and and staying safe i would say the one main change in our business model has been to addition, to introduce more scheduled service we're an on demand carrier so you can call up if you want to fly tomorrow at noon while the plane there for you, we do that business, but we are adding actual scheduled service that 5 p.m. like from Westchester to Block Island, for example. Uh, and the purpose of that is to kind of generate more awareness to a wider community. Uh, and we'll we'll launch it in July, and we'll we'll see how that works out. So we are we are looking at other other business models. We've also been increasing our talks in the urban air mobility. Um, and uh, concept, which is the sort of Uber of flying. These new aircraft that are going to design to travel between the west side and the east side, Uh, but they're going to need an operator who has experience and has all the licenses. And we're we're speeding up those conversations now, thinking that transition might happen quicker.
1: You know, that's very interesting. You have a picture of these autonomous little flying drones going here, there, and everywhere like taxi cabs. Yeah, we don't think they'll be autonomous and we don't think
2: they'll be electric. Um, We think they would think they'll be more of a traditional aircraft uh, with vertical and takeoff landing capabilities, which exist now.
1: So I've asked all the CEOs uh, that I've interviewed, and it's kind of an open ended question and deal with it as you will. But I'm asking for an estimation in your astute mind what do you think has got to happen for us to be reopened? And also, when do you think that we'll see something that looks something like normal?
2: So, for aviation, you have to accomplish a couple of hurdles. Uh, you have to know substantively that your odds of getting sick are equivalent to the odds of getting sick beforehand. So what would be the normal colds or normal flus or et cetera like that, that? So to that point, I think you know we need effective medication, I guess, to make people feel comfortable. Uh, the second is the psychological impact, which is people actually need to feel like this is going to be a safe mode of transportation going forward. And I think that That tail, the long tail of discomfort is going to last a little bit longer than the actual uh, discomfort, the actual risk. Uh, And and the third is that business processes simply have changed. Uh, The Zoom calls, for example, that, that everybody's having, people are discovering new ways to conduct business, and that may have the longest tail of all that you don't have to be in Boston for that 9 a.m. meeting. And 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 you can. You know, and by the way, this is a new technology, right? We've been using technology one way or another for a number of years now, but more and more people are now comfortable using that technology. And whereas before you said you had to be face-to-face to close a deal, for example, we work with a construction company that would travel frequently to Pennsylvania, now are doing Zoom calls. You don't have to be face-to-face. And so that, that is another obstacle. Uh, So for the aviation industry, I've heard estimates that 2019 levels of flying will not return until 2023 or 2024.
1: Wow. yeah. 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 I've been hearing quite a bit of of that. And as depressing as it is, I think us people with an entrepreneurial vein, uh, just are going to go as forward as fast and as hard as we can until Mm -hmm. we hit that wall. You know, I think Mm -hmm. failure is not an option, quite frankly.
2: No, it's not. And then you have to break through the wall, and, yes. uh, and 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 you're right when you say failure is not an option because that's that's been hopscotch. I mean, we are successful, but we're not a tech company. We're not wildly successful, uh, and our margins are such that you know things go upside down very quickly, and we need to make a certain amount of money in the summer to offset the winter.
1: All right, yeah, yeah. So Andrew, really, I have to thank you very much. I think the only way we're going to get through this as an economy is if we do it together, we're smart, if we're cautious, aggressive with trying to go out and get that business that we had before the door closed and use that as our gauge of where we need to get back to as quickly as possible, I think we'll make it. I just hope Mm -hmm. that the citizenry and everybody else just takes the guidelines to heart. And even if you don't agree with all of them, they're there for a reason. And, and if you ignore them, you're going to ignore them at your own peril. So I think you're doing the right thing in terms of making sure those aircraft are all spotless and, and sanitized so that your passengers can have comfort. You're doing the, the correct social distancing with the masks and the gloves and all of that good stuff. So I think the world is going to come around at some point because this is America. We're, we're not going to lay down. Right. I, I think that's absolutely true.
2: And I want to throw in one other thing that you're doing, which is communication and facilitating, communicating between leaders of companies in different industries and in the same industry. And this is a really important point in aviation. We never really talk to each other. We are always afraid that the other guy's going to steal the next idea. And this is really brought together. CEOs and leaders of companies to discuss ideas. And um, and it's shows like yours that are helping to facilitate that. So I thank you as well.
1: No, thank you very much. I think we all can support each other. We can become friendly uh, competitors. There's many, many of them that I have in my, in my field that are my trusted allies, quite frankly. So mm-hmm. I thank you again, Andrew. Be well, stay safe, fly safe. You stay. too, it's been a pleasure.
0: That's a wrap on another Ask a CEO interview. We hope you enjoyed the talk. We'd love to hear from you. Visit gregscorneroffice.com, click the Ask a CEO tab, search your favorite listening app, or view on YouTube. Click the subscribe button. And don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook. Until next time, goodbye from Ask a CEO.